Hey there, welcome back to Crest in the Afternoon. I'm Marcus Peter, filling in for Alcresta on this Monday afternoon. We just had a pretty enlightening conversation with Jeff Kassab from the Eastern Catholic Re-Evangelization Center up here in Michigan. We're going to continue our conversation about cultivating virtue amidst public adversity. Over the last few years, we've all experienced a lot of confusion and worry about the future. How can we maintain and even cultivate virtue during troubled times, especially with regard to public discourse? We talked with John Mark Grodi. John Mark Grodi is the COO of the Coming Home Network and the host of The Journey Home on EWTN. He took over from his father, I think just over a little a, a year ago. I'll have him verify that. He also co-hosts Elevate Ordinary with his bride, Teresa. And you can visit him at johnmarkgrodi.com, or one word, and follow him on Twitter at johnmarkgrodi, one word as well. John Mark, how are you doing, brother? Good, Marcus. Good to hear from you. Likewise. I got in touch with you last week, and I told you we'd, we'd be in touch with you <laughs> the moment I hosted. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think it would be so soon, but it's great to be talking to you. Likewise, likewise. So I have to tell you, I, I took a look at your blog, and, and I saw this article, and I realized, now you wrote this. Give us the backstory, but just before you do, I'm going to tell you that I realized that even though you wrote it for then, yeah. it is so applicable to today. So I, I just I just thought our, our listeners would greatly benefit from hearing your wisdom on this article. Sure. So what prompted the thought, and when when was this written, and why? Well, so I, it was actually written a, a while ago now. I don't remember if it was five or six or seven years ago, but it, I, I dashed it off real quick uh, in the midst of, yeah, some some public scandal or, or another. Um, but I, I've been, it's been my professional academic interest for a number of years, the, the cardinal virtues. Um, and were they relevant to this particular, I mean, they're relevant to many issues. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll be able to express that today. But it's relevant to this issue because it's the, it's the kind of issue, once again, that something comes up in the public life of the church or the state and it captures our interest. It captures our emotion, whether fear or desire, those two poles of our passion. And it draws us in. And then from within that passion, we're often then trying to discern, well, what do I do about this? And what do I think? And how much time is too much time spent on the internet worrying about this issue? Mm. Um, And the virtues, again, are I think a very classic bit of our Catholic heritage, a framework for, thought and for discernment and for action that are precisely the the tool that we often need for this kind of issue where again our emotions are very engaged but we need a way to to kind of step out reorient ourselves and think through an issue properly right so uh, catechism 1804 tells us about how the virtues are first and foremost stable interior dispositions that enable us to live habitual perfection uh, so that being said, just based on what you just said, on a very ignorant level, why would it be bad to just go off our passions? Right. Uh, so on the one hand, one of the things that the virtues help to remind us is that all our passions, our, you know, our, our bodily passions and emotions, our drives and desires, uh, as well as our fears, they're created by God and they're mm-hmm. oriented towards good originally, right? They're there for a purpose. They have a telos. They have, they have a purpose. But because of our fallen nature, they're often disordered. So our fears are exaggerated, you know, or, or we don't know how to deal with them, or they're, or they're rooted in our wounds, or our desires, you know, for food or drink or sexuality or whatever, whatever, what have you, they're they're disordered or they're mixed up or they're over exaggerated or they're disproportionate to one another. And so, part of the journey of virtue, the virtue, the journey of the Christian life is to you know, stand up to our fears and kind of put them in our place and to temper our passions and to reattach them, to order them toward their proper purpose. Mm-hmm. So, 
and you know that that quote you gave from the catechism mentions this, these stable dispositions. The virtues really are about bringing us to a, a stability, you know, where we we are oriented towards the good and we're able to pursue it rightly. Now, I think most people are familiar with the cardinal virtues, but what's interesting, what got me so interested in them is that we're we're familiar with them as a as a group. We're familiar with virtues, and p- people can probably name the cardinal virtues. But uh, Marcus, what's what's the cardinal of the cardinal virtues? Would you say? I would say prudence. Yes, yeah, and most people don't recognize that, but there's a reason why prudence tops the list there, mm-hmm. because traditionally there was an order to the virtues, a framework for thought, mm-hmm. and much of our trouble gets the fact that even though we we have an idea of the virtues, like we recognize I'm supposed to be courageous, but we start at the wrong end of the virtues and try to work to the other mm-hmm. end. I see what you mean there. It's it's an all important truth that that as Thomas Aquinas. St. Thomas Aquinas points out that prudence is the mother and mold of all moral virtue, mm. because all virtue begins first with this, this conversion, a conversion of heart, a turning, right, that's what conversion means, a turning our attention toward the truth. And, right. and that's a significant thing. That's, that actually involves a stepping, a stepping back from our emotions for a moment and trying to turn in our heart and say, but what's, what's true, right? What is the real here, apart from what I'm feeling? Right. And and, and the, the next important step there is that one of the primary things that prudence attends to is justice. In mm-hmm. other words, when we attend to truth, one of the most important truths that we can pay attention to is the fact that we are persons in relationship to other persons. Mm-hmm. My relationship with God, my relationship with my spouse, my relationship with my children. And so prudence turns to justice, to this web of relationships I live in, and asks the question, what are these real relationships? That I must respond rightly to. Right. And it's only, and this is another thing that, that so Joseph Pieper, who's my, my guy when it comes to virtue, <laughs> one of the things that he points out is that courage and temperance that we're very familiar with, you know, these, these two virtues that deal with fear and deal with the, the self-control of our desires and passions, those virtues cannot stand alone. Mm. They can only stand in relationship to justice and prudence. Right. In other words, I have to be a person who turns in my heart to attend to the reality of justice. Who am I? What, what are the relationships in my life? What hierarchy do they stand in? And only in relationship to that, to that objective reality, then I, I work out, okay, with this public scandal, for instance, to go back to the original topic, what's my role in this? Where does it stand in the, my, the relationship of my duties and obligations to study this, to be involved with it. Uh, oftentimes we find that the reason that we're paying, we're paying inordinate, inordinate attention to these things in a way that does not fit with our hierarchy uh, of the duties and obligations in our lives. Mm. Now, why, so th- that would pretty much explain why as a culture we're so easily swept away by every single scandal that arises. We're not operating, first of all, from a place of prudence with a well-formed intellect to discern the true good and a well-formed will that's tempered by justice so that we can act upon the true good. Yes. Yeah. yeah. There's, a, there's a, a, a virtue and a vice combination that, we're, again, we're, we're not very familiar with these days. Mm. Uh, Joseph Pieper talks about this in his book. There was a, the medievals had this understanding of studiositas and yep. curiositas. That's right. In other words, the, the, the virtuous study of things that are your business to be studying based on justice. And then the curiosity, you know, the negative curiosity. The, the curiosity of looking and, and obsessing over things that that you can, that are, aren't your business that you can't do anything about, and we do this a lot. It, again, 
we, we have a duty to our culture. We have a certain duty to our state, but we don't, we don't often evaluate that in, in light of justice, in light of our real relationships right. and responsibilities. And so oftentimes we're, we're ignoring our family to be on our phone to read about the latest scandal in the church in the state. Mm. And that's, that's so out of order, right? It's, right? it's one thing for my family to, to be aware of those things and to be praying and fasting for those things. And maybe, maybe I'm, I'm called to be a politician or a journalist and be involved in a particular way, but most of us just aren't. Most of us are called to pray and fast and raise up godly children, and that's the way that we're supposed to be involved, and yet we spend an inordinate amount of time and effort and energy in obsessing over these public scandals. Right. And, you know, just going going back to exactly what you asked earlier about the cardinal of the cardinal virtues being prudent, yeah. Aquinas yeah. in the Secunda Secunda Paz places temperance as the lowest of the cardinal virtues, presuming that you form the other three first. And right. studiousness and curiosity are annexed to temperance in that regard. So exactly. just help us understand the application of these particular, uh, well, studiosity as, a, as an annexed virtue and curiosity as a vice and how that's so detrimental to our society. Yeah. So again, if we, uh, there's, if we proceed through the virtues in that order, right, mm-hmm. we start with this conversion, this turning to reality, turning to justice, and, and recognizing and discerning the, the real relationships that we find ourselves in. And again, we got to remember that the relationships that we have, um, they're real and we didn't create them. Like, I didn't create the nature of my marriage. Mm-hmm. It's something I entered into, but it, its nature is given to me by God. So right. I'm, I'm recognizing and appreciating and embracing this objective reality of my marriage. And so too with my relationship with God, my relationship with my children, and et cetera. So if we, if we proceed down that direction, you know, then it's, it's in light of, carrying out the duties of justice that then I encounter I have on on the one hand I have fears you know that often prevent me from doing what I ought to do Mm -hmm. as a matter of justice and so to inner desires and passions that that are often at war with one another or disproportionate or disordered so I have a desire again on the studiositas curiositas I have a desire, and it's, it's a, again, an originally good desire implanted into us to know, yep. to explore, to understand. But that desire, like anything else, can't stand on its own. It has to be evaluated and ordered in relationship to justice. Right. And so when I feel a pull to open my phone and see what the latest news is, I have to recognize that that pull itself, that, that desire just to know what the latest thing is, that itself isn't virtuous, right? Right. That has to be a value. I have to say, no, why am I getting on my phone? Why am I learning about this? How long is the right amount of time to be, to be investigating this, this issue that maybe has nothing to do with my life? Right. There are some things that we should be studying about, pouring over, pondering. There are other things that we just shouldn't, but that has to be evaluated in light of justice. Right. And th- there's a certain kind of lack of intellectual modesty, if you will, if we allow ourselves to be completely driven by curiositas. Uh, it, it, it actually does bring about a detriment in the way we think and the way we conduct ourselves. Right, right. Yeah, I've, I've often, something I've noticed is that we tend to, I think we tend to think of, we, we draw too hard of a conscious or subconscious distinction between kind of intellectual virtue, if you will, and moral mm. virtue. In other words, we think that that the life of the mind somehow runs on its own apart from our moral virtue. Right, as if and it's a real distinction, not a mental distinction. Right. And it's it's really just it's just not. You are the one doing the knowing and the exploring and mm. the and the understanding. And if you are allowing yourself to um to act viciously, that is, you know, in terms of vice in your intellectual life, 
you can't expect in the long run, certainly, that that's going to to hold true, that you're going to remain a person who who seeks and understands uh, virtuously, right? Our ability to to comprehend truth and to come to know it and to express it well, that's fundamentally bound up with the kind of person we are. And so I think we get ourselves into trouble sometimes thinking that, oh, this intellectual life is sort of its own thing, and I'm exploring and I'm knowing and I'm telling people the truth, and it doesn't matter that perhaps I'm neglecting my duties or perhaps being rude or becoming angry. Mm-hmm. Those are fundamentally connected. Right, right, absolutely. And and therein lies the other problem. Not all knowledge is to be sought for its own sake. Some knowledge, mm. I mean, Aquinas talks about this in that in the Sukhanisukhan de Pass, that some knowledge is annexed to evil, and it brings about a corruption right. of the intellect in the, in the pursuing of it. Right, right. I think there's a lot, we could we can say that about a lot of the knowledge that we have in our lives, right? We're not in an in, in age where none of us, none of us are not, let me, how do I say this? The fact that I'm not a saint has nothing to do with the fact that I lack information in the modern world, right? <laughs> we all have access to so much information. We're drowning in the information. In fact, mm-hmm. that's become this opposite problem where, where we have to get so much better at discerning when and how and what we should be focusing our minds on. That's the issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so much of what we fill our minds with, even if the content itself is not bad, it's not the thing that we should be focusing on. Amen. John Mark, I want to thank you. That conversation went by far too fast. We've been talking to John Mark Rodai, COO of the Coming Home Network and host of Journey Home on EWTN. Stay tuned as we continue to close off this hour with me, Marcus Peter, filling in for Al Cresta on Cresta in the Afternoon.